Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Kerbison, joined with Reed Bacon. We've got a good one today. We bring on a friend of ours from high school, but he's actually a director of recruiting at Western Kentucky. He spent some time at Notre Dame and Indiana, so he knows what he's talking about when it comes to recruiting. Now, we didn't get the chance to talk about uh, Rotarius Torrance and Kamal Hayden because they were technically recruiting him also, and Taylor can't actually talk about those guys. But we touch on the quarterbacks, some defensive linemen, the linebackers, and what you're looking at as a director of recruiting in players, what what you really need to see out of these recruits. So great episode, had a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's start the show. By the game, snap, the kick is in the air, and the kick this time is... No, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Final score, Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught by Tennessee. Tennessee wins by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we jump into the show, gotta shout out our main sponsor at Bet Online. Uh, you know, they've been supporting us from the beginning, so they're a great company, a great place to make all of your bets. You know, you got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, you got golf going on right now. So a ton of things to bet on, and Bet Online is the place to do it. Uh, they're going to have all the news, all the stats, all the best odds. Uh, so head on over to betonline.ag or download their mobile app. Um, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome on, everybody. We have an excellent guest today. He is a friend of mine and Reed's from high school, nice high school buddy, but he also has uh, a reputation that backs up. He's director of recruiting at Western Kentucky, spent some time at Notre Dame and Indiana before that has a little bit of connections everywhere and has access to film that we don't have. So decided to bring them on, talk about these new transfer portal guys and get into it. So Taylor, how are we doing today, bud? Great guys. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Welcome. Uh, super excited to talk about all these guys and uh, be able to get your point of view on it. Um, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great too, Kyler. Hey, good morning. <laughs> good, good to see you. Thanks for asking how I am. Hey, uh, first off, this is huge. This is huge to get Taylor, really, because it, it kind of started how 
I, you know, with you, you would do the podcast and I would call you to talk about stuff. And then like, <laughs> and then Taylor and I stay, Taylor and I stay in touch. And usually like, we're talking like recruiting stuff. And I'm just asking about how, you know, Western Kentucky's going or when he was at Notre Dame or whatever. And it's always cool. Cause I'd call you to get stories from when you were playing. I'd call to get stories from Taylor about all his recruiting nonsense that he has to deal with and put <laughs> up with. And so we were like, we got to get him on because we know that Tennessee fans, the number one thing they love is recruiting, and he knows a lot about it. So, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, you're a good friend, too. So, you know, got to take nothing, nothing better than talking some ball on a Saturday anyway, so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, so we'll start with the big fella up front. I uh, want to talk about DeJon Terry coming from Kansas. Um mm-hmm. I think he has more of an upside than the Caleb kid from USC. So I'm more interested in him yep. and his ability, even though he is very fresh to football because, you know, he like his senior year of high school was the first time he played, which is probably why he ended up at Kansas. But what kind of stuff did you see out of him? Do you see him, you know, being in the rotation, maybe even a starter here at Tennessee? Yeah, he's, um, you know, he's a puppy still. Um, I think I think it's good. The, the big thing with him is uh, he has years, um, you know, and it's always good to bring in when you're bringing in these transfer guys. It's always it's always good to have years on him. You get time to work with them. Um, you know, he's a big kid. He's powerful. He needs to get stronger, um, but he's very active. Um, I don't know how much initially, like I said, he needs to get stronger, but I don't know how much how much of a pass rush he's going to bring from the interior spot. But um, he's got a good future on him. I, I don't know if he's going to come in just because I'm not fully, you know, up to speed with what the depth um, at Tennessee with your with your interior guys. But um, right now, I think he for sure should be a rotational guy just based on his tape. Um, you know, he's played quite a bit over there at Kansas, but um, he does. Like I said, he does need to get stronger. He's already a big kid. Um, he's very active. He plays with a good motor. Um, I like the way he plays the game. Um, I, I, I just think he, he needs a little more time. Um, but I think he has a shot to be a good player at Tennessee. Um, yeah. He just, to me, he's, he's a little developmental. He shows some stiffness at times with his movements, um, which is typical for, for a big guy like that. But um, I love his motor and how active he is. He's just, um, I, I think that over time, he's going to be a guy that plays a ton of snaps there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that going to be a world beater for you guys um but i think he's going to play a lot of football there and and as he gets older and stronger um he's going to be able to to give you some valuable snaps hey so one thing i just it was funny because he said a pup which is that's uh that's a great way to put it and i feel like that's that's some nice lingo in the coach world of a (laughs) recruit but when he, I thought Taylor said he had ears, like meaning like he's coaching, but he said years. So I was years. like, okay, that yeah. makes sense. But dude, if Taylor thinks he can definitely go ahead and be a rotational guy, and the fact that he said he likes how active and good motor, your boy saw that too. Your boy <laughs> saw that too. Sign me up, Western Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a he's a good player, man. I just like the way he plays the game. But you know, it's um it's so important, you know, there's so many guys out there, especially, you know, at at a level like Tennessee that there's so many talented football players, but um, it's harder than you think to find guys that just love the game and just, you know, work their ass off on every snap. Um, And 
and from what you can tell, like he's not going to be able to do that every single play because he's a big guy and, you know, they get, get a little tired out there. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, he plays really hard, man. He plays with good energy. That's so important um, in, in this game, obviously, as you guys know. And um, you love to see that on tape. You love to see guys that, that play with a passion. He's, he's got it. So um, he's got some more growing up to do as a, as a player. Um, but I think he's going to be a guy for you down the road and I, and he should, I would think he'll give you guys some, some snaps and be in the rotation this year for sure. Yeah. Well, he needs right. to step up his cardio because I played freaking six, four, three twenty, and I played, <laughs> I played 110 snaps for South Carolina one year. On, yeah, guys. big boy, you do it. Come on. Um, <laughs> I, I completely agree with the effort thing. Like, like it's so hard to coach effort. A lot of guys just yeah. like don't care um and I think he does even though he is a pup like you said because I said it two podcasts or maybe ago one of his coaches like his freshman year his D-line coach said that uh he's probably the guy that makes me want to coach him the hardest like yeah he he cares he comes over and asks questions all the time they yep. like, told a story about how the play wasn't even over yet but he ran mm-hmm. over to the coach and was like what did I do wrong Yep. there it, it, he's just like eager to learn huge. so yeah huge you yeah. love to have the guys because there's there's not a there's not a ton of them on a team you know you got to have i mean if you're, you if you have 30 guys that are like that that's phenomenal that are just crushing it off the field and i want to do this i want to learn this all the time um you know obviously with how the schedule is for football players with classes and practice and workouts and everything like there's times where you just want to go home, but you know, it's huge to have those guys that are, that are dead tired, but they're still up there and they're like, Hey, let's, let's work on this. Let's get better. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. We'll bump back to the linebackers. Mm -hmm. Now this is a huge spot for Tennessee. Me and Reed were able to go to practice. We're able to see those guys and losing the guys that we did in the transfer portal this is a position that is very small, literally and figuratively, just small mm-hmm. guys and not a lot of depth. And to bring in these two linebackers, Jawan Mitchell and William Mohan, is going to be a huge thing for us. Now, yep. Mohan didn't get to play a lot ver- with Michigan last year, so there's not a lot of film on him. But what do you see out of both of these guys? What do these guys bring to the table? Do you – you know, see them playing right away. You see them starting right away. Because the way I look at it, I think Jawan is a bona fide day one starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll start with Mohan. Um, you know, like you said, there's very small sample size from him at Michigan. I went back and watched some of his high school stuff too. Um, you know, he is undersized. He's going to be probably another one of those guys that's smaller for you. Um, you know, I thought he's he's a downhill guy. Um, does a pretty good job in pursuit. Um, and I'm not super familiar with, with what you guys are running on defense here. Um, he, I, I thought he's a little stiff, um, which would be concerning in, in space and in, in coverage. Um, but with him, I, I don't, there, there's just not enough from him at Michigan to suggest that he's going to play for you guys this year. I, I don't know that, you know, I'm saying at least as a starter, I'd, I'd be shocked if that kid came in and started for you guys. Um, he's probably a developmental guy. They probably see some traits in him um, that they can work with down the line. Um, but him not having played hardly at all at Michigan. Um, and again, he's still he's still young. So, um, 
you know, he has some good traits. I, I would be a little concerned about him being a little stiff. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how he develops, but for him, him, I don't, I don't know that he's going to help you guys this year. If he does, yeah. it's probably going to be limited. Um, but he could be a guy that's, that they see something in, like I said, that he could be a developmental guy down the road and turn into a good player. I mean, you know, he, he went to Michigan for a reason. There's, there's some, some traits there for sure. Um, so I mean, when you're, when you're looking at recruits, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's coming out, like you see his size, are you kind of mm-hmm. like, ah, like, do I even watch this film? Like, it, it, like if he doesn't fit the parameters of what we need or, or what our coach likes, because sometimes coaches like a bigger linebacker. Sometimes they like a smaller, quicker one. Do you just like pass over or are you just like, well, he does have an offer from a higher school or this other school. So let's check him out. Well, yeah, you certainly, you don't, you, I mean, you don't pass over a kid just because they have offers from certain schools. We don't, we don't operate that way. I mean, um, you know, even if a kid has an offer from Tennessee, if we don't like him or we don't think he fits schematically, then we don't, you know, I mean, we don't just assume the kid's a good player because he's got an offer from Tennessee. You know, I think with him, um, I don't, he's undersized, but to me, you know, it all depends on, on what you're running and how he fits in your defense. Um, you know, the smaller guys typically can move around a lot better than these big guys, a little more fluid. They're great in pass coverage. Um, they can fly around, um, maybe not as physical or downhill, but, um, you know, the schools, schools like Tennessee, there's, there's no problem with taking a, a six foot linebacker. That's 210 pounds. I know you can get swallowed up obviously in this league with the linemen, but, um, you know, those guys, it's kind of trending that way now because everything's so pass heavy. Um, you need to have guys that can move around and play in space. Um, so me personally, I, I don't mind taking the smaller linebackers as long as they're good in that area. Um, you know, like I said, if, if you're trying to run down and run downhill and go up against a six, six, 315 pound offensive lineman, you're going to have some issues. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. This kid, you know, he is undersized, but, um, you know, he, he could be a guy that they've seen something on tape and they're like, Hey, he can fit in with us and we can, we can work with this. Like he's going to need a little bit of time, but, but we can work with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, so on to Mitchell unless mm-hmm. Reed, you got something to say about Mohan. I'll fall, I'll fall back up. I want to, I want to hear Taylor right now, but I'll fall back up on him. Yeah, so on yep. to Mitchell, uh, just watching him, just getting to see some highlights. It, I mean, mm-hmm. he does seem like a very good player. Mm-hmm. S- size fits, you know, what we need. And he's very quick, and his ability to, like, duck and dip around blocks is pretty impressive from what I saw. But what did you see? Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great-looking kid. Um was productive last year at Texas. He's a great tackler, does a good job taking angles, um, you know, good angles. He's, he's an instinctive player. Uh, I think that helps him a lot. He's not a, to me, I didn't think he jumped out. I agree with you, Kyler. He's, he's got some quickness to him, some twitch to him, um, but he didn't seem like a fast kid. I, I think he does a good job. Like I said, with his angles, he's smart, he's instinctive. Um, and I think that helps him in that area. So, um, I agree with you. I think this kid's going to come in and he's going to start for you, especially with what you've lost. Um, you know, I think there are times you can see on tape where he's maybe freelancing a little bit. He's out of position. Um, so you might have to deal with that uh, a little bit. But, 
Um, I think he's going to be a good player. I don't know that he's going to come in here and change Tennessee football, um, but he's going to be a really productive player for you guys. He should start to me. He's like a bona fide Mike. Um, he's, he's exactly what you're looking for there. Um, you know, he's used to being in the big 12, obviously. So he's used to being out there in pass coverage and I'm sure he's going to do a great job there. Um, but he's a great looking kid. Um, I got a chance to talk with a, a former coach at Texas there that, that had worked with him and, and he kind of said the same thing, just, you know, he was very productive there. Um, you know, good kid leader, those type of deals. Um, so I, I, I think, I think you're getting a really good player there. He's going to start for you. Um, you know, I think he's going to be again, super productive, uh, but he, out of the two, he's, you know, for sure, the better, the better player. I think he's yeah. going to help you go next year. Yeah. Well, it's good, he, to, it's good to hear from that coach, especially that he said that to you. Cause it's like, there's no reason for him to sell him to you. Right. Like that, sure. like you're the West Kentucky recruiter. Like it, there's no reason for him to try and upsell his player to just be like, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, the fact that he was saying that to you means it's true. Means like he's not BS and he's not trying to beat around the like it is a true statement. Yeah, well, one of the things and the reason like, and I've just learned this from talking with Taylor and, and staying in touch, but like, it's for these guys like Taylor's met so many people and has so many connections that it's not even like a professional on that. Like it would be like me calling you, Kyler. It's it's you know what I mean, like. You were yep. saying like that that coach has no reason to to talk good to the director of recruiting at Western Kentucky. He's just like a bro. So it's just like, hey man, like what do you think of this player? And they just give him a straight up honest opinion. So that I think that's what's cool about the world that Taylor's in. Cause I mean, he's worked in it for basically since he's well, basically since high school. I mean, even in college. Um but yeah, so um, anyway, sorry, I just got majorly distracted by that. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, he, he, he he's going to be a good player for you guys. Um, you know, it's going to be a different world for him coming from the Big 12 and, and playing in this league. But um, yeah. he's going to be, I think he's going to be super productive for you guys. He's probably going to make some mistakes. Um, everybody does, but he's probably going to make some, some bonehead mistakes at times. But um great tackler, good player. And like you kind of, you kind of touched on it a little bit, Kyler, but he's got a good finesse about him. He, he can find ways to get through holes and he's creative. Um, you got to like that. He's just a crafty football player. I like him a lot. So. Okay. So let's bump over to the offensive side of the ball and we'll talk about Javante Payton first wide receiver coming from Mississippi state. Seemed like he has a good amount of upside you know, he had that breakout game. I think it was versus LSU the first game of the year. And then it seemed his numbers started to fall off. And I don't know if that's just like a divide between him and Leach, because obviously he's leaving for a reason. But he was injured at the last half, so maybe that had something to do with it. But what did you see out of him on film? Um, and, and, you know, maybe his route running abilities or, or you know, his abilities to mesh within an offense, because I think that's going to be important in this new Hypel offense is, you might not get the ball every time, but if you're able to do your job, someone will be open. Uh, hold on real quick. You said route running abilities. I want to say – I want to hear what Taylor says about his playmaking abilities just overall. Okay. Yeah, so um, I personally I – lo I love Javante Payton. Um, I think, you know, there there's a lot going on down there. Um, and obviously they've had, they've had a ton of transfers and stuff like that. So, 
you know, obviously he had the great game against um, LSU. The production kind of fell off throughout the season. Um, I would not read a ton into that just because their season just kind of fell apart. And um, I, I don't know all the circumstances down there and stuff like that, but um, obviously they had a ton of issues. I, I think he is a very talented kid. Um, you know, he has at times he struggles a little bit with some drops, um, but he, he, I think he does have some playmaking ability. Um, you kind of get to see flashes of that in the LSU game. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid route runner. He's got some twitch and quickness to him. Um, pretty good release. He's, he can run well enough. Um, I think he's for sure going to make an impact here. I, I really do. Um, I also think it helps to just coming from that offense to Heupel's, um, you know, he's used to that quicker pace and moving, moving fast. Um, he's, so that's not going to be an issue for him when he gets here. Um, just just kind of fitting in with that kind of offense. Um, you know, obviously it's different, but just the pace itself, he'll be used to that coming in here. Um, but I do like him. He's, he's, I, I think he still needs a little more time. You know, he is a little bit of an older guy, but, um, you know, I think he's going to play for you guys for sure this year. Um, and I know you've got some other guys out there. You know, Valus Jones is, is a great player too um, and got some speed. He's, he's going to be a guy that'll, that I think will plug in right away though here. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, and I, I do agree with that you know, transition from Leach to Heupel, it's still just so up-tempo. It's the exact like – yep. he's he's used to that, used to playing in that system. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's 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 nice to see that we have more depth at linebacker. And when we talked about him before, Reed said, you know, I don't necessarily want the flaky guy. Like, he's he's kind of a head case where he, like, committed to us and yep. then decommitted and committed to Mississippi and then, like, just back and forth, back and forth. But I told Reed, I like, I just see him as like a third wide receiver. I don't necessarily see him as a number one guy. Like we still have Hyatt, we still have uh, Jones Jr. Yep. He's like number three, and if number three is a little flaky, I'm okay with it. Sure. No, I I agree with that. He's he's not going to come in here and be a you know a first team SEC receiver, but he's uh I think he's a good player. I really do. I think he's. Um, you know, it, it just it's hard from last year, just just the mess that they had going on down there, like I said. But, um, you know, I think that definitely affected his production there. Um, and, you know, obviously he had the little the injury stuff. But um, I, I agree with you. I think he could come in here and, and be a, a, a third receiver. Um, I, I, but I do think he's going to have some production here. I think he's a pretty good player. He's talented. Um, he just needs to be needs to be in the right fit and yeah. have a good quarterback throwing to him and all that stuff. So. So great transition, Taylor. You mentioned the quarterback. Let's talk about the two quarterback transfers, uh, Joe Milton, Hinn, and Hooker. What do you think of those guys? How would you compare them? You know, is one above the other when they come in? Uh, in you know, now that Hinn and Hooker's been here for an entire spring mm -hmm. and is going to be here the entire summer. I mean, does because I've said it. There's just a huge ladder to climb for Milton because there's yep. so many quarterbacks that have already been there. Yeah. And, and you guys have a very interesting uh, situation at quarterback. You got a lot of talented guys in that room, um, you know, I, between Maurer and, and Bailey and, and Milton and hooker. I, you know, to me, hooker and, and Milton are, are different players. Um, you know, Hendon is a really, really good athlete. He can throw the ball to you and 
Um, you know, you're right. He's, he's been here all spring. He's going to have a leg up on Joe for sure. Um, that's a tough question for me to answer as far as who I think is better. Um, right now, I think Hendon's probably going to fit in a little bit better. Um, you know, with this offense, I think he's going to have a leg up as far as if, if you had to choose, you know, at the end of fall camp, who's going to be your guy, I would think they're probably going to say Hendon. Now Joe could get here and, and have an unbelievable fall and you never know. Um, it's hard for me because um, I'm going to go back to, to Joe here. Um, just watching him, he is incredibly talented. He is incredibly talented. I, he, To me, and I don't know a ton about your, your two current guys that have already been there, um, but I, I don't know that there's a guy that's more talented in that room. Um, you know, he – it's just watching him is, is – it's awesome and it's frustrating at the same time um, to watch his games because he can make throws that uh, very few people can at this level. Um, very impressive. He is extremely talented, great arm talent. He can run a little bit, you know, he's more of a pocket guy, but, and on the flip side of that, you watch him make decisions where he's got a clean pocket. He's got plenty of time and it's just like mind boggling decisions that he's making. Um, just terrible, terrible decisions. And, you know, his completion percentage is a little concerning. I think he was 56, 57%. You know, I think by the time he got pulled, he was four touchdowns and four picks or whatever. So yeah. there's, there's a ton of concerns. Um, and I talked to, to, to someone that coached at Michigan as well about him. We've talked about him before um, in the past, kind of when he first got there. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know that – you know, we talked about him mentally. Is he a smart kid? Is he, a, it, you know, are things easy for him? And and that person told me, you know, he is a smart kid. He's a confident kid. Um, the wheels just kind of came off this season. And, you know, part of that could be the offense at Michigan. You know, you don't know that until he gets here at Tennessee. And stuff like this can change a, a person's career. He could come down here and this could be a great fit for him. And he could be the player that, that, he has the capability of being he, he's he is an extremely talented football player if I was you guys as Tennessee fans you know I would be fired up to have that kid in the room he may end up coming here and being a complete bust um just from the mental side of the game but um just to have that talent in your in your room is is huge um I'm going to be very curious to see how he develops in this offense because um, there is a ton of really, really good potential there. Um, yeah. And even the, the coach that I talked to at Michigan just said, you know, when he first got there and, you know, you know, seeing him in practice and stuff, you're like, this kid's going to be a phenom. I mean, he's going to be unbelievable. Um, and I think things just didn't work out for him at Michigan. And they may not hear, but um, I would be – very excited to have him in the room. He's, he's so talented and um, there's so much there to work with. Um, but so we'll see what happens. He definitely seems the highest ceiling is what you're saying. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you just have to get, you just have to find the right fit. He's got to come here and, and pick everything up and, and see things. You know, it's just, like I said, watching, watching him on film, you just, you watch him make a couple terrible decisions and it's just like, you can't begin to comprehend what he's thinking in those yeah. moments. Do you think it, I mean, do you think it's more of like confidence issues than it is? Cause like I you think said, that, being a smart player, it's like more yeah. just him having confidence issues and not 
going I out think like balls to the wall. That just deteriorated throughout the season last year, um, which didn't do him any favors. Um, Michigan obviously didn't have a good year either. So um, the wheels kind of fell off. And but like I said, you go in, you go in somewhere else, you get that confidence back. Um, that's all it takes. With a kid like him, as talented as he is, once if once you get that confidence, I mean that kid could be an unbelievable player in this league. So I'd be fired up about him. You know, Hendon's a really good player. Like I said, I think he's gonna he's gonna come in and you know he's got a lot of experience. Um, he's probably gonna to mesh. He's probably gonna mesh right away in, in Heupel's offense. And you know, I don't know if he's gonna go out there and be the starter, but he's definitely gonna have a leg up on Joe. Um, you know, we'll see what happens through through fall for you guys. But um, to be honest with you, I'd be if I were you guys, I'd be. You've got a lot of great options in that room, so you should have no problem finding the guy. Um, to help you win some games this year. Let me uh, let me jump in here and ask I, real quick, if you just had to, I know you're probably going to say you haven't seen them all or you didn't see the orange and white game, but if you just had to make a pick, who, who do you – we'll just say like it's a gamble guess. Who do you think will end up starting day one for UT? Um, I, if I had to say right now, I'd say probably Hendon. Really? Okay. okay. That would be my guess. That would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. No, and I know, listen, it's all a guess. We're not going to hold you to that. I mean, yeah. you, it's not like you're in the building. We know we know you don't get to watch them and stuff. So, um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you that first Thursday. I'm going to call you. You told me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Taylor! <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be that would be my guess. I mean, you know, he's – he's uh, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna put out there whoever, whoever has the uh, – whoever's the best fit for that offense is ready to go. You know, whoever that was my next, that's my next question. Taylor doesn't even know it, but he's given us two nice segues. So that's my next question. What do you know about Hypel? What do you feel about Hypel? And honestly, like, I don't even know if I've even asked you this just on personal phone calls, but like, what do you think about the Hypel hire? Like just being in the coaching realm that you have been for, I guess, 10 years now or whatever. I don't even know how long. Yeah, no, I don't know him. Um, I don't really know anyone on that staff either. Um, I think it's a good hire, man. They're they're um, they do a lot of creative things on offense. They're going to bring exciting football here for sure. Um, you know, you got to find the right pieces. Obviously, the biggest part of that is is your quarterback. Um, they they need that to to operate this offense at a at a high level. And um, you know, I think it's a good hire. I really do. He's um, He's very creative. It's, and like I said, it's an exciting brand of football. So I think once things get rolling here, once recruiting picks up a little bit, um, you guys find the right pieces that fit what he's looking for. Um, I think he's going to be successful here. I really do. You know, it's, I, obviously it's a hard league and, um, you know, you got a lot of really good football teams in the SEC. So it's not going to be easy to get up there where you guys want to be. But, um, you know, give him a couple years and, and see what happens. I think – I think there's a, a really high ceiling with this staff and, and uh, this program obviously speaks for itself. So um, you got to get the right recruits in there. You got to work really hard there. And, and um, you know, I think, I think he's going to do a good job. I really do. All right. Two more questions. Actually, I thought I just had two, <laughs> but now, now, now I got, now I got two more. First off, and this is my opinion, but I want to see what you think or what you think. Don't you think Heifel's going to run the ball more than people expect? Like, they just think instead of, like, high-flying, throwing it everywhere, don't you think absolutely. he's going to? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. 
All right. So that, I figured that now my uh, next question is, um, well, hell, I just forgot what it was. Um, I I'll remember. Expert, I want to ask you about expert journalism. What'd you say? I said expert journalism out of, out of <laughs> well, I wanted to ask him about the run game. because I just think it's a big misconception that everyone thinks we're going to be throwing it all over the yard and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, 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 I remember my other question. I remembered it. So it's not necessarily about UT, but just recruiting in general. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is, this is like maybe almost impossible to answer, but like, why do you think there are misses in certain incidents? And why? what makes the biggest difference between a five and a four and a four and a three type deal? Is it really what we think it is besides, you know, actually size and speed and athleticism? Or because a five-star literally is the entire package, it's not like, hey, he would be a five-star, but he's a four-star because he doesn't have it all mentally yet. Or – or he doesn't have it all athletically yet, but, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious about that. Um, well, I can't, I can't answer that perfectly because I don't know exactly what all goes into evaluations for like two, four, seven and rivals and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't know what their thinking is behind their rankings. Um, it it's, could very well be very different from what we do. Um, you know, I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, we, we don't look at that a whole lot. Um, but for you guys, you know, I know the fans get really into the five-star, the four-star thing. Um, I, I think that, you know, a lot of things go into that. There's the mental side is, is it's, it's hard when they're in high school to figure that kind of stuff out. So, um, you know, those are kind of things that you, you find out when they get there. I mean, you can see stuff on tape obviously, but you know, when you look at like five-star kids, there's, there's plenty of kids out there that we talked about this earlier, Kyler, just, you know, they could have all the talent in the world and you're like, Holy cow, this kid's going to come in here. He's going to be, you know, the, the best quarterback that ever played at Tennessee or whatever he is, but there's kids that just don't have the work ethic and you can't, you can't see that always, you know, kid, the, the first week that a kid's on campus, he's a completely different kid than two months later when he's not getting any reps and he just kind of folds and he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. So um, it's really hard to figure out how tough kids are. It's really hard to figure out uh, mentally how smart they are. Um, and I think that's a huge part of why people miss is. You said how mentally smart and mentally tough. Yeah. Just, just toughness, um, work ethic, those type of things. It's really hard. It's really hard to get those when you're recruiting a kid, you have to do a lot of research and rely on high school coaches or their coaches from the past or whatever, if they're transfers, um, you know, you have to do a lot of homework. It's really hard to, to get those things. So you can see all the, all the athletic traits and all that stuff, you know, and some people miss on that as well, obviously, but um, you think you're getting a better football player talent wise than, than you are. But I think the biggest thing is just finding kids that love football they're tough um, and and just mentally how smart they are with the game of football. I think that's, that's a huge component on why people miss all the time. I mean, we, you know, you're lucky to get for us. I'm like, if we can hit on 50, 60% of our kids, that's a good, that's a good class for us. um, Cause you're hit on 90% of your kids. It just doesn't happen. All right. I swear. I promise this is my last one. I promise. All right. So you've been at Notre Dame which is one of the most biggest blue bloods in the world, if not, 
you know, top tier historically uh, with, you know, Bama and Notre Dame. I mean, Bama, Ohio State, yada, yada, yada. Then you've been in Indiana, which <laughs> Indiana is, you know, they, maybe they weren't great, but, they're, but they are getting much, much better. And there are still a power five. And now you're at Western Kentucky, yep. um, which is a, I guess, what, group of five is what it's considered. Yep. So you've seen you've seen throughout your time some of the different levels off and on, and and, I, and 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 you've bounced from lower to higher to higher to middle to all all around. That's just how coaching goes. But how was recruiting maybe any different from those? Besides the fact that we get it, Notre Dame's going to have a much easier time getting someone than Indiana or or Western Kentucky, but. You said that you guys don't look at uh, at stars or or those those rankings. So is it really just a philosophy on what the coach wants, and then you kind of try to get those type of people, or how's it different? Yeah, I mean, for us, like schematically, that's a huge thing. You want to have a guy that fits your defense. There could be a you know a five star, whatever, that is just a gigantic linebacker. He's stiff. We need more guys that are that can move like we talked about earlier you need so a lot of it is is fit you have to find the right fit um in your defense or your offense or whatever it may be um that's that's a huge thing and um you know i i can't really speak on the rest of it i notre dame was so different even compared to tennessee because you have to you have the academic component it's so hard to get kids into school there there's there's different factors everywhere and a lot of it too honestly um, comes down to what the position coach likes. Um, you know, I've been at places before where when we wanted a receiver, the coach said, I don't want anybody under six foot. I, I like big kids, you know, mm. whatever it may be. Um, and like I said, with linebackers, it's it, it, same difference. I don't want any big kids that are stiff and slow. I don't care how, how powerful they are, how well they tackle, how hard they hit. I need guys that can move in space. So the position coach plays wow. the big Dude. I never knew that. I never knew. So position coaches have a big say in it type deal. And, yeah. and, and I'll be, I, I, I bet in for my time being around just football in the collegiate level, very short time and in the recruiting, but like, and I'm guessing it happens, but some of these coaches are like fans and they're like, my gosh, like this guy is going to be incredible. He's a study looks the part like they're humans. Like I, I know for a fact, like I think a good example would be like Butch Jones and, um, Oh, I just lost his name again. I'm being very forgetful this morning. Cool. Who was the, uh, the 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 big defensive end that was going to go to Bama? He was a JUCO kid that we got, and he was – JUCO. What? Uh, yeah. They had ice cream with him on top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's he, – Oh, he uh, Kongbo? Oh, Kongbo. Was it that? Oh. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was a big – he was a big JUCO – transfer guy yeah so I felt like I felt like the coaches were just all about him they thought we thought he's gonna come in and be you know Eric Barnett for, yeah exactly thought, exactly it was right yeah. after Derek yeah and then and then it's just like so I feel like coaches do get a little fired up and like excited like fans do and then they get blindsided by like this guy's but, not what we thought yeah and it, it absolutely does happen because even when we go like we have camps here in June and stuff they'll go down and see some recruits and you know they'll just be freak shows at these camps like just unbelievable athleticism they look great you know you get to meet them whatever they're they're good kids or whatever and the coaches will fall in love with them you'll see them at these camps and stuff and then you watch their senior tape and you're like god he's a terrible football player like he may have been great <laughs> at camp but 
he's a terrible football player. So you definitely run into that for sure, where coaches get enamored with with kids and um, you know, that that definitely happens for sure. But yeah. I was about to ask, do you, like, did you think like what's the most beneficial thing to watch or to see out of a kid, like his highlight film going to a game of his? Go like having him at your camp, going to see him at like an opening camp. Like, what would be the most beneficial, or, or something where it's like, okay, now I can see the true player that this this kid is. I, I, for me personally, it's game tape for sure. Just watching all the snaps, because um, you kind of get to get a feel for you know their highlights. You get to see what kind of player they are talent wise, but um, you get to see a little more in game tape. Just consistency in every snap um where they are how good they are how much effort they give stuff like that um you know seeing them in person too like in camps and stuff just because you get to get the body type them and stuff like that that's very important so i would say the two biggest for me are um game tape and then when they come to camps and stuff getting the body type and see how they move around in person all that kind of stuff um the other hard part is like we talked about is figuring out that personality and, and uh, the mental side of, of the person. But, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's definitely yeah. hard. Um, but th- those two are the biggest components for me, just seeing, seeing them live in person and, and watching the game tape, you can get a ton from that. So. Yeah. And I, I agree with like the mental toughness side of it, because if you don't have good technique in high school, okay, I get it. Like no one's really yeah. teaching you how to play in high school. I didn't know how to play offensive line in high school. I didn't know anything. Like, stop, remember- stop, stop. Catholic was incredible and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I not to say Catholic wasn't incredible, but that doesn't mean I knew exactly how to play offensive line. I was just big as shit. That that was my advantage. Like I was just bigger than everyone else and stronger. But what I like to see like out of film is that effort we talked yep. about the, you know, is he running downfield? Is he nasty? Like, does he play mean? Um, yep. You know, it, does he have highlights on there where he's blocking? If anybody right. puts highlights on that, he's blocking. I love that. Right. Off, you know, offensive player. If he, if, if it's a wide receiver and he's like, yep. here's a blocking highlight, me dumping a corner. It's like that play wasn't meant for you. You weren't going to get the ball, yet you still put in full effort. Like, yeah. absolutely love that. And Or even if you see a running back. How many times do you see a running back put pass pro on their highlight? Never. Yeah. So, hey, hey, good exactly. point. Pass pro, people don't even – I mean, listen. That's And that's a huge That's a huge let, reason why running backs don't play because they can't I know. Let, no, that's what I'm about to say. I was, so, so, I was still living in Nashville after the Tennessee Titans drafted Derrick Henry. And I honestly didn't know how his game was going to translate. You know, yeah. huge Tennessee Titans fan here, and I'm sitting there listening to all this sports talk, and every freaking day, why isn't Derrick Henry playing? These people would call in like, we drafted Derrick Henry, put him in there. He <laughs> da, 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 da. And we still had DeMarco Murray at the time, which DeMarco Murray was still very, very productive. He did it in all three facets. He did it in running, pass pro, and in the pass game. And yep. it was just like these Bama fans and all these college football fans that, in hindsight, they were right. He's an incredible player for the Titans. He's amazing. But he didn't get on the field because he couldn't pass protect. I'm not joking. Kyler and I had a conversation about this. We were watching a game yeah. in a – it was like a linebacker or someone 
like same size or smaller than Derrick Henry came in and he was supposed to be protecting Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota, who was trash yeah. by the way, but he came in to block him <laughs> and it was like the worst block I've ever seen. It was like, if I was, if I was coming in on the sack, like Derrick Henry wanted to block me. And it's like, you can't yeah. have that when the guy is six, three, six, four, two forty. like, like yeah. what are you doing? And so like, yeah, anyways, Titans tangent over, but <laughs> pass, pass pro, pass pro is so, so important because you can't, yeah. we all know being around the game from either, whether it's like coaching or playing, if the coach does not trust you, you're not in there in any Correct. facet of the game. Correct. So, yep. but anyways, all right. Um, let me say this huge thank you to Taylor. Cause he's super busy. He works like 19 hours a day, basically with this recruiting <laughs> stuff, but he had a little off time. We appreciate him. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I definitely want to have Taylor back on to pick his brain, even if it's just entertaining for us. Um, But Taylor, thanks a million. Uh, I'll talk with you soon. And then I I do want to have you back on, hopefully during some summertime when you got a little downtime to ask some more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man. Thank you. All All right. right. Talk soon, brother. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you guys for coming out, uh, listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, you know, please rate and subscribe, like, and subscribe, uh, turn on that notification bell on YouTube, tell all your friends and family, let them know what we got going on here. Um, you know, and if you have any questions or, or, you know, topics you want us to touch on, you can contact us. Uh, we have a phone number 865-322-9232 or our email that's believe in Tennessee football at gmail.com. Um, and as always, we're presented by betonline.ag. So go check that out if you're betting on any kind of sports that are going on. But uh, yeah, like I said, appreciate you guys coming out. And as always, go balls. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.